Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend and are ready for another week of rocking out. Today on the show, we have music producer Gabe Schillinger, who went from getting his songs on the radio, working with Snoop Dogg, Kendrick Lamar, and others, but not necessarily making much money from it. And now, he's highly profitable, and he did this by learning about marketing. So let's talk about a few things before we jump into the episode. First, I'd like to discuss marketing. And marketing is just the activities that someone or a company does uh, to promote the buying or selling of a product or service. So in a few words, it's really just telling people about something. And this is very important because you could make the greatest and most beautiful piece of music in the world, but if no one hears it, they won't get to enjoy it. So the purpose of this podcast is to help you grow your career or reignite it. And I've met lots of great musicians who have the best voice or write the most wonderful songs, but they don't really understand how to market or even the importance of it. Because music is not only an art, but it's also a business. So unless you start looking at it through both lenses, you're only going to go so far with it. Now, another topic we'll be discussing within the episode is marketing funnels. And so this is just a term that is used to describe the process of taking people through a journey of becoming your customer. So think of it like this. You go into a sporting goods store, you know, whatever it may be. Then you go to the shoe department, right? So you go through the doors, go to the shoe department. Then you go to the men's shoes. Then you pick basketball shoes. Then you pick the size. Then you purchase. So you've technically gone through a funnel in real life. So if your goal is to sell basketball shoes, you know what your audience is. You know, they're most likely to go to a sporting goods store. So this is the top of the funnel. Then you continue down the path to eventually making the purchase. And of course, this can all be done online as well. So if you need more help with this, you can send us a message on Instagram, a private message with the words funnel, and we'll send you an easy to follow guide on how to do this for music. All right, now that we've covered the basics, let's get ready for another fun episode. Cue the intro. Have you ever looked in the mirror and wondered, yikes, I thought I'd be way farther ahead of my music career by now? If so, you're not alone. I spent the last few years learning from the most ingenious musicians and managers around, looking for the answers. The problem is that music is a very personal thing and the fear of rejection was holding me back, and you can probably relate to that. I realized that no one was talking about their failures and rejections in the music business, just the glory and fame. So I decided to press the reset button and start this whole music thing over, to go all out build a music career completely from scratch. But the real question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey as we get to the deep questions with our guests that no one cares to ask to reveal the secret strategies and techniques to skyrocket your music career and begin to shake up the music industry as we know it. My name is Eddie Villaseca, and this is Musicpreneur Movement Podcast. And we're back. So t- today we have such a great guest with us. Uh, you heard him back in the launch. He's a rare breed, people, and soon you'll see why. So he's a music producer who's worked with artists like Too Short, Kendrick Lamar, and Snoop Dogg, with some impressive highlights working in the music industry. And over a decade of trying to make a living, he found himself broke and unfulfilled. Thankfully, instead of quitting, he started learning about marketing, and it soon became his second passion after music. Using those two passions, he decided to start his online music production business called Legion Beats. He was also the first in his niche to pull off a six-figure launch and received a two-comma club award for doing over a million dollars in revenue using sales funnels. 
This, this success has brought him the opportunity to speak in front of thousands of business owners and marketers. And he's even shared the stage with top on, entrepreneurs like Russell Brunson, Frank Hearn, and Tony Robbins, just to name a few. He now teaches entrepreneurs in music and other industries on how to grow and scale their businesses. So please welcome back the one, the only, Gabe Schillinger. How you doing, Gabe? Eddie, what's up, man? Welcome Appreciate back. Appreciate you having me on. Thank you. Yeah. Glad you were able to make it back. Yeah, for sure. So we talked a little bit about this, uh, but for those people, you know, that might not go back in the podcast world, what would a day in the life be of the Mr. Gabe Schillinger? <laughs> um, man, it's it really varies. You know, I think that's part of the fun of well, really two things. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a music producer, but I'm also a business owner and entrepreneur. And, and both of those are, are both roles where you have to play a lot of hats, right? If you're a music producer, you could be doing all kinds of different stuff, whether if that's, you know, um, it, you know, it could be recording, it could be making beats, it might be, um, you know, exporting those beats and getting them in the right format to be able to post them up. It could be, you know, all kinds of different stuff. And then if you're a business owner, again, like, there's so many different hats that we have to play, whether if it's, you know, uh, delegating stuff to the team or it's building the next funnel or writing the emails or uh, recording content like doing podcasts or, you know, recording the next training or reaching out to, you know, potential partners. I mean, it, it really, um, no day is exactly alike. And I think that's kind of part of the fun of it is being able to be creative in all these different roles, whether if it's on more sort of the music side or more on the entrepreneurial side I kind of like having that same freedom to try different things and to you know just keep that creativity going that uh that energy and excitement hopefully uh it doesn't always work out that way but for the most part really get to have fun doing all different aspects of both sides of the business so um yeah it, it really varies between any any combination of all those things well wow. yeah no that's that's I mean it all sounds like a lot but it also sounds like really fun like the way you describe it, it just sounds like brings you that energy gets you pumped yeah yeah no for the most part I mean it's yeah it can go either way there's I have plenty of days where I feel just like overwhelmed and anxious and I don't know you know it's like oh there's all these different options I'm not sure what to do uh, I think probably just about anybody who's run their own business or, or tried to launch a music <laughs> career can relate to that at least at some time and yeah. and the truth is even you know now I'm, I'm in a position where you know if you told me I'd be where I am today a few years ago I've been like oh my god I'd, I'd love to be there but mm -hmm. still today I still like I said there's plenty of days where I'm like I, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing I'm not sure what to do next but for the most part I still try to just approach it as like hey this is the journey like I, I'm probably never gonna get to a point where I'm just like okay I figured it out I'm on, right? It's just, it's the same with music, right? You don't get to a certain point practicing your instrument, you know, playing drums or whatever, like you do where it's like, oh, I figured it out. I'm good. It's like, no, it's, you're always learning. You're always evolving. And so there's, it's never at a point where you're like, okay, I got it figured out. Everything's perfect. Like, no, it's, it's about the process. And so I think for me, when I've started to embrace the process itself, uh, whether if that's learning about something on the business side, whether if that's getting better at creating content and learning how to speak in front of people, which is not something that comes naturally to me at all. Like I'm introverted, I'm shy. Anybody who knows who hangs out with me, you know, in, in real life, they know that I'm the quiet dude. Like I, I never talk, but I learned, okay, if I want to get to where I want to be, uh, if I want to build a business from my music, if I want to, you know, build a business as an entrepreneur and have this personal brand, like I better 
figure this out, you know? And so it's been fun to just trust that process and keep learning and keep growing as, as a person, as a business owner, as a musician, all those things. I mean, when you learn to embrace the, the journey itself and not worry too much about each goal and milestone, then I mm -hmm. think that's when, that's when it actually becomes fun. Right. I, I completely agree. So what would you say it's the most fun part of your job? What is one thing that's like, whoa, man, I get to do this. And that's a good question. Um, I do think it it's uh, like I've had that focus shift a couple of times where I had a time when all I did was really just focus on the music side. Uh, the result of that was that I wasn't actually making any money doing it. But, you know, that's what <laughs> was the funnest thing to me was making beats. Like, that's, yeah. that's what I love to do. Um, getting in the studio with uh, my buddy Nate, who's like incredible, you know, uh, actually he's incredible just uh, musician where he can play. He, this dude literally plays 100 instruments, like not not like he plays 100, like literally 100 instruments, like what he'll do for fun is he'll go on, you know, eBay or Amazon and find like some weird Russian guitar you never heard of and he'll practice it and he'll be like really good at it. He puts in the time and, and he's and he's really dope. So I would, you know, just making beats with him for years was like, that's that was the funnest part for me. And now it's kind of shifted to now it's a little bit more to working on my business and working on my marketing and entrepreneurship side of things. And uh, I'd say probably the, the thing that I have the most fun on that side doing these days is building funnels, getting into, you know, the software I use is called ClickFunnels, but getting in there and building stuff and like figuring out, okay, like, what do I want them to see on this first step on this first page? And how do I want the flow of this thing to go? And how can I make this really fun and exciting for, you know, whoever it is that's coming through here, whether if it's a rapper or a singer and I'm, and I'm selling them my beats, my music and music related services, or maybe it's a producer and I'm going to be selling them information. We're going to teach them about marketing marketing and entrepreneurship and all that good stuff. How can I take them through this journey and, and make it kind of fun? And so, yeah, I think right now that's the thing I've had the most fun doing is, is uh, building those mm -hmm. funnels. Mm -hmm. Now that's really cool that, you know, you described it as finding the flow of, you know, the funnel taking it from A to B to C. And I feel like that kind of relates to music production. You take, you want it to flow and you want to take the listener through a process and you take them through the experience. And so, I mean, just the way you 100%. described it, it's, it's really cool. So did you get the opportunity to, you, you mentioned rappers. Did you get the opportunity to hang out with Snoop Dogg? Like, does he so say which is no. a lot? Okay. So Snoop, I didn't get to meet. Maybe I will, but I worked with him because he was on a couple songs with another artist I was working with who goes by Mr. Fab. He's an artist from out here in, uh, in the Bay Area from Oakland. And so I got to mix two verses. So I was, I was the engineer. It's, it's like mm -hmm. the equivalent for people who don't know. It's sort of like being the editor of a movie. So you're mm -hmm. not there on set while they're recording necessarily. Mm -hmm. We're kind of making it look good on the back end. So you're, you're uh, adding EQ, you're adding compression, you're adding effects, you're making the beat drop out when he says this part or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so for, for that, I was not in the room with him. But still, still something that was pretty surreal for me because really Snoop was one of the first as far as hip-hop goes, like somebody who brought me into that world of, of hip-hop and got me excited about that, listening to his first album and The Chronic back in the day, like that was, that was what kind of really yeah. got me into hip-hop in a lot of ways. And so it was a pretty cool moment to be like, oh, cool, I could actually like, you know, uh, mix his vocals and change stuff. And uh, it, was, uh, it was a cool feeling for sure. Yeah, I bet like getting that connection that, hey, this is what we're going to do. And you're like, what? Who's on it? Yeah. And especially, yeah, that's really cool and I know you had a song you mentioned in the arena as I guess where the Warriors play yeah right? yeah that 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 was pretty cool uh, I've been you know I'm a big I'm a big Warriors fan and back when we used to be able to go to games hopefully that'll mm -hmm. happen again soon were you a Warriors no. fan before they got 
you know yeah you know what okay so i'll be honest i (laughs) i really got into them you know i was always you know i was a warriors fan whatever but i didn't i didn't follow super close they had it was um uh was it 2010 where they did they had a crazy playoff run uh, where they were the eight seed and they actually oh you might know this i just i just put this together you're from dallas i don't know if you're a basketball fan but they beat the one seed which was the dallas mavericks and it was crazy so that that year when they they had like one good because they're they yeah, were i mean you didn't have to talk good. about that but um <laughs> i mean you brought it up <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, um, you know they were they you know the warriors were garbage for years before that like decades actually before that and honestly, after that one year, they were they were pretty garbage for a long time. But I stayed with them while they were garbage for like five years, and then yeah. they got really good. So I was so I, I think I think that's excusable. I did get I did kind of bandwagon when they had that year, but then mm-hmm. that got me excited about it, and I stuck with them and I watched them when. Well, anyway, we won't get deep into basketball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I think I I'm uh, I think I'm a real fan. I think that counts. Okay. I stuck with mean, them through like five horrible years. So. Okay, I mean that's I'll let that slide. But you mentioned <laughs> I mean they I've heard that you you know heard your song being played at the arena oh yeah no, like <laughs> I what <laughs> we can just talk about basketball that's so weird yeah no, yeah no, I, I mean what was that was feeling really cool. like to you know you're like talking to your friends you're like whoa hey <laughs> yeah no super fun um it's it's just I know for me when I got into music production and, and got into making beats and, and just got into music in general what I really liked about it is that music is you know this sounds so corny but it's like it's like the soundtrack to our lives right like you listen to a song and it might remind you of a of a certain time in your life when that was popular reminds you of a person or an experience or you know something like that and so I always thought it was really cool to be able to be a part of that to know that there's somebody out there who they're going to hear a song that I that I was played some part in creating and it's gonna you know remind them of I don't know being in high school it's gonna remind them you know whatever it is something something that is significant in their life and so um those are the moments that to me makes it all you know that that's kind of the the purpose of it so when you get to kind of experience it in real time be like oh wow I'm like you know I'm here there's you know however many people you know it's it's like 18,000 20,000 people whatever Mm -hmm. whatever the number is Mm -hmm. um you know and and they were really paying that much attention to it but just the idea that wow this is the soundtrack to these guys lives to some extent Mm -hmm. um is a cool feeling and just and just being able to hear your music on some some big speakers in, a, in an arena it was pretty cool. <laughs> do you remember what that song was yes so that was uh actually same artist mr fab uh, it was a, co- a song called still feeling it still feeling it nice okay money to go check it out and get myself pumped before a basketball game so what would you say okay so we've seen your progression of you started with music producing music getting into that how did you transition yeah. from no business just focusing on the art to Oh, hey, I could start a business from this. Um, yeah, for me, it was basically came sort of out of desperation in a way where it was, you know, I, I really did just focus on my music for over 10 years, really. And that's basically all I did uh, in the sense that I didn't focus on the marketing of it. I didn't focus on really building any kind of business from it. I was just, hey, I just want to make beats and hopefully I'll get a placement on an album and the record label will pay me. So I was waiting for the record label to save me, or I thought, man, maybe I'll come across the right manager and they'll manage me and they'll save me. Or maybe I'll get, you know, a publishing deal and they'll save me. And like at a certain point, I realized, wait a second, nobody's coming to save me. Like, this Mm -hmm. is not, this is a myth that I think a lot of people believe. And I don't know, maybe it was kind of true a couple decades ago that, 
they're, you know, you could just be this talented person and some A&R or whoever at a record label is going to hear you. And then all of a sudden you're just going to be rich and famous. Like it, it just, it definitely, I don't know if it was ever true. It certainly is not true today. Mm-hmm. And, and so really, if you want to be successful, you have to take things, take those matters into your own hands. You have to be, um, you have to embrace that side of things too, the business side of things and really focus on building your own brand and not relying on anybody else. So after a bunch of years of just focusing on music only, I was ready to quit. I thought, okay, you know, I'll keep doing music for fun, but this is not a viable career option. You know, I was, uh, posting posting songs. You mentioned you were producing songs. Were you posting them on websites or were you like handing out demos at concerts or? Yeah. At that time it was mainly, so I had my recording studio. And so I would do sort of, it's sort of like my day job was recording. So I'd record mainly rappers and singers, mainly did hip hop, R&B, pop, that kind of stuff. Um, And so that was kind of the way that I would get clients for my music production, really for the most part, is they come in to record because I wanted a place to record. And I got, that was a skill that I worked on that ended up opening up a lot of doors for my music production. And then I would be like, hey, I also make beats. You know, do you want to, do you want to work on that too? That was really how it started. And then I would also reach out to artists like, um, whether that was through email or, you know, however I could get a hold of artists. And I, I started to work with some of the popular artists out here in the Bay Area. And then that started opening up more doors where I could reach out to this next artist and be like, hey, I, I produced this song for this artist that you might know or you, that you've heard of. And so I kind of did a, a decent job of climbing my way up the local, you know, ladder, I guess, as far as popular artists out here and started getting a couple songs on the radio and, you know, a bunch of stuff that was pretty cool. You know, some of the artists that I grew up listening to, I got to work with and um, so you'd think, okay, cool. Like I'm, I'm on the right path. Things are starting to, you know, I'm hearing myself at, at Oracle arena or I'm, I'm, you know, hearing myself on the radio or, you know, all this kind of stuff. But the reality is none of that really paid very well at all. It might be an occasional paycheck, like, oh, cool. Like I feel good for now, but it's, it might be weeks or months before I really make any real money again. Um, and so the thing that brought me to, well, let me try building something of my own. Let me start getting into this, this world of marketing and selling, you know, selling my music and my services online was like, well, I'm going to have to quit. I'm going to have to do something else. So let me at least try this as like a last ditch effort before I, before I do call it quits uh, and just do music for fun and, and figure out what's, what's my real career going to be with what real job am I going to get? And um, I'm very grateful that I did not give up at that time. And I stuck with it because what ended up happening was I first started selling beats online and I just kind of looked at what other producers were doing and they all kind of were doing the exact same things, like basically like trying to grow a following on social media, you know, might be YouTube or Instagram, whatever, and then sending that traffic to like a beat store, sort of like an old school traditional website with, with a bunch of beats in it. And I tried that at first, it did not work all that great, but it was kind of fun. I was kind of like, all right, this is kind of cool. I get a couple sales here or there and it did feel kind of good and it felt like, all right, maybe, maybe I can, I don't know, I probably Googled like marketing just to be like, I don't know, how can I get a little more traffic? Can I get a few more people to, to buy my beats? And then maybe I could actually pay some of my bills at least um, from this. And what I didn't realize that set me down this whole other path where I learned about, you know, I ended up coming across um, another music producer who's now a friend of mine, but at the time I didn't know him. His name's Adrian. He's got a, a music production company called Anno Domini Beats. And uh, I remember I came across an ad that he had and I clicked on the, on the link to the ad 
And it took me to a page and it looked completely different. You know, everybody's, everybody who sells Beats Online basically had the exact same setup, the exact same process they took their, their customers to, the exact same, you know, way that they sold and the messaging, everything mm -hmm. was the exact same. And he had something different. You know, he had a video there. He was telling a story. He was making a connection. He had a true offer. He wasn't just selling the exact same, you know, a, a beat like everybody else was. And I was like, what is this? What am I looking at? And so that kind of opened my eyes up to this whole new world of, wow, you can actually do different things. You can be creative. And then from there, I, I found out about Russell Brunson, who kind of became like my next mentor and read his books and joined his coaching program. And really what both those guys did for me, Adrian and Russell, was um, teach me the tactics and strategies that worked, you know, like, oh, do this and then this and then this. But more importantly was like that mindset shift of realizing that the marketing stuff, the that part of things was actually really fun to do too. And that I could actually spend my time on that as well and really enjoy it. And that's when things really took off for me because now I was having fun doing it. I was, you know, actually getting results. I was getting my music in front of more people than ever. I was actually making a consistent living, a sustainable living. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's what kind of got me to where I am today, where now I've actually got a team of people who are making a living doing this. And I'm able to have a, a fairly consistent income where I, you know, more or less know I'm, I'm going to be okay for now. Like I've got uh, things in place that just wouldn't have been possible if I'd stayed on that original trajectory that I was on. Wow, that sounds amazing. During the, the beginning part, uh, you mentioned all those years of trying and trying and trying, sending beats out, emailing people. And even though you were having success, I guess, per se, like, hey, people are buying my beats. I'm working with people. You still didn't see the money side coming in. What was that like? Especially, I know family members well, probably, I know a lot of artists deal with that, like the starving artist thing. And yeah, what did your parents think while you were going through this? What did your friends think when you were going through that? Yeah, man, it's, it's so true. Like it's, I think it's something that probably a lot of musicians, producers, artists can relate to, which is this feeling that I had, uh, especially as I got older, that I was still pursuing this thing that a lot of people look at as well that's just a pipe dream that's just oh yeah sure you're gonna you're gonna make money from your music or you're gonna make a living you're gonna be like what oh you think you're gonna be you know rich and famous and you know it's it's i think the perception that a lot of people have and and really probably that i think i had when i first started was that in music you're either you know in that top 0.001 and you're like a millionaire and your life is a party and or you're completely broke and, it, and I think that's sort of the perception that a lot of people have. And the reality is that's, that's not the case. There's a, there's a lot of people in the middle that are, that are making a good living doing actually from their music. And it's not necessarily that they are, you know, the number one billboard artist or whatever, but they have a group of fans who really love them. And they have a, a process in place to get that music out in front of enough people and to actually make money from it to where you can actually make a good living doing it. And so that was... Yeah, it was tough when before I, you know, started making a good living doing it. I I wasn't really proud of what I was doing. You know, at first it was fun and exciting, right? I was like fresh out of high school. I was still pretty young. It was kind of like, oh yeah, that's cool. I worked with whatever artist. But then after I was, you know, started getting close to 30 years old and, you know, at the time I was still living at my dad's house and like, that's fine. Like it's not, there shouldn't be anything wrong with that. But for me, I was starting to feel a certain type of way about that. And I was feeling like, man, I'm not really proud of where I'm at. I'm not really proud of 
you know, to talk about what I'm doing. Like I'd hate, like you mentioned family, friend, like I'd go to some function that was like, uh, you know, I'd see some old uh, friends from high school or I'd see, you know, or, or family function or something like that. And yeah, I'd, I'd hate talking about what I was doing because I felt like people didn't respect it. And, and the truth is really more that I didn't respect myself because I was just like, oh man, what, what am I doing? This is not something that's going to to go anywhere. And I'm not going to want to be 40 years old, the dude who's making beats or 50 years old or 60 years. Like it just didn't, it just felt like, what am I doing with my life? But now that I'm in a different position, that's really changed. And now it's become, you know, I feel the difference as far as, you know, like I mentioned when, when I'm talking to friends or whatever, that I felt like they looked like I was pursuing some pipe dream. Now it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's really cool. I see you're, you know, you're doing these things. You're able to actually uh, be at a certain, you know, place in your life. And so, that's been really cool. And, and I hope that people know that is absolutely possible to do with your music. And that that's really important to say, because I feel like, yeah, there are other people who might be questioning you, who might be saying, oh, hey, how's that? You know, like they might not really say it, but they're thinking like, man, that guy's like wasting his life. What's yep. he doing? Throwing his money away. But the thing that's been interesting is being, I've been in the corporate world and just I like to talk to people and I, you know, I ask them, I'm like, Hey, how's your day going? And a lot of them, like maybe like 93% of the time will say, Oh, it's going okay. I, I'm like, okay, what, why? And they're like, I wish I was doing blank. Like they all have all these like hidden things. Like there are a few people that would mention music. They're like, Hey, I wish I could play music all the time. And secretly they want these things. And, but we're so ingrained to think, oh, those things can't make me money, you know, because we see kind of like you were saying, like we have those two, for some reason with music, we only see those two. It's like with every other career, you're like, okay, we understand they're different tiers. But yeah. with music, it's like you're either starving or you're Taylor Swift, you know, it's like right. those two. And it's really cool that you stuck with it and didn't quit. Whenever you would get questioned or you felt like you weren't doing the correct thing when you were close to quitting like were you did you feel some kind of like anxiety or like just being overwhelmed with thoughts or like what, what was that yeah. like because I know a lot of all that the listeners have probably st- struggled with that like depression yeah, no, and things like that for sure both both those things hit home yeah feeling mm-hmm. overwhelmed anxious like you know I'm somebody who's dealt with anxiety my whole life and, and sometimes it's better than other times but I remember having days where I literally didn't leave my bedroom because the anxiety was so bad. And that's something for anybody who's dealt with that, they, they know what I'm talking about. If not, you might, you know, somebody might be like, oh, that sounds weird, but you know, it, it sucks. And man, it's, I'm so grateful that I did learn about this other path that I'm on now um, of building my business and building my brand, because through that, I've been able to accomplish things that I never thought I would have been able to accomplish, but also sort of become somebody that i didn't think I would ever become, you know, like I mentioned, like I'm, I'm quiet, I'm awkward, I'm shy. Like I don't talk really, but in order to get to where I want to be, I realized, okay, I better, I have to start talking a little bit. I have to get on camera a little bit. And so that was a skill that I worked on and I, I still feel like I have a long ways to go, but I look at videos of myself from a year ago, two years ago. And I'm like, wow, like I sucked. Like I really can't, I've come a long way. And so I've become another person, you know, I'm, I'm somebody who, you know, I'm not, I, I never would have thought of myself as somebody who is really a leader or anything like that. But now, you know, I've got over 10 people who I don't want to say rely on me. I rely on them more than they rely on me, but I have a team and it's like, I need to be 
the person that can support them. I need to be the person that learns about how to hopefully motivate people and, and understand that, you know, different people are going to be motivated in different kinds of ways and that I need to have a certain level of transparency and, you know, all the stuff that like I wouldn't have ever really thought about before, but because that's what I needed to get to the next step in my music career and in, in my business, I had to become that next person. And um, that's been really fulfilling is that, that evolution of not just, oh, cool, I hit this, rev this uh, sorry, this, uh, this revenue number or I hit this, you know, whatever other little benchmark. It's more like, oh, wow, I've actually become a, a better person. I've learned something. Mm -hmm. I've evolved. And that's something that, you know, I get the benefits of and my, my family and my friends, the people around me get the benefit of as well. So that's been a fun part of the journey for sure. Yeah, wow. And do you think that has been you know, most people talk about, you know, the five closest friends, they have a big influence, you know? Um, yeah. Do you think that happened also with you? Like, do you think just the people that you were around have actually lifted you up compared to, you know, because I've, I've heard of people kind of like you were mentioning earlier, like you have old friends that have seen the old you mm -hmm. and they're like, oh man, you've changed. And you know, why don't be like that. But to have these new friends are like, hey, hey, you can do better. They pick you up and they cheer you on. Do you think that's a big part of your success? Yeah, for sure. I think that who you're around influences who you are, like for sure. And I've definitely been, I think in part really lucky and in part, it is a conscious decision of, well, who am I spending my time with? Who am I talking to? Who am I working with? You know, what is their mindset? Um, and is that the kind of mindset I want to have, you know, who, what, ha you know, have they accomplished the things that I want to accomplish? Are they doing the, are they practicing the things that I want to practice? Um, and the more that I put myself in the room, so to speak with those people or work with those people, um, or hung out with those people, the more that I've turned into that kind of person as well. So I think it's really important to have that support group. Cause the thing is, um, even, you know, I don't even want to say anything bad about anybody, but if people have, you know, if somebody doesn't understand your goals of what you're doing, or they don't understand the world of what you're doing, then they're not going to see why it's important to keep doing what you're doing, right? So like, mm -hmm. you know, for you, maybe it's, hey, I need to, you know, it's, it's Friday night, like, you know, why are you recording podcasts all night? Like, well, you know, this is what I need to do to build my business, build my brand to, to give value to the world. Like, this is, this is what I need to focus on, whereas somebody else might be like, what, let's, Let's just go play video games. Let's go whatever. Um, and so when you surround yourself with other people who have those similar goals, now all of a sudden it changes to, instead of you're getting pressure to go whatever it is, I don't know. I just use video games as an example, but I don't know, hang out or, or do whatever mm -hmm. that's not in um, alignment with what your goals are. Now you're getting pressured to go that way. But now if you're hanging out with a bunch of people who are also recording their podcast or they're also creating content that they need to create or they're, you know, they're working on their music, but in, you know, an actual structured, disciplined way, then now that becomes the, pre the peer pressure in a good way of like, you're actually getting some accountability from the people that you're hanging out with because they're trying to do the same thing. And now that, you know, as humans, like we're absolutely influenced by the people around us. And that becomes the behavior that's awarded where now all of a sudden it feels good. Like, oh yeah, I spent all Friday night, like recording and editing, whatever. And now you say that in, you know, whatever Facebook group, you know, wherever you're hanging out with your people and they're like, oh, that's awesome. Like keep going when you're getting that encouragement, it's going to make you want to keep doing that more. So mm -hmm. I think that's super key is put yourselves in those situations, whether if that's, you know, virtually in person, whatever that is, surrounding yourself with the people who are in alignment with your goals, with your discipline, with the things that are important to you. And that way you'll actually have some accountability and, and stay on that path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's way different when you have people that are doing the same things you're doing and everyone's looking out for each other and looking 
ahead of they all have the big vision of you know what could be so with saying that like what are big goals that you're looking at within the next 12 to 24 months man um let me think i've got so i've sort of have two businesses right now which i have legion beats which is where i have an audience of rappers and singers and i you know, provide them with music, with beats, with different services, mixing and mastering, stuff like that. And then I've got another business called MIDI Money, which is where I teach producers about, you know, how to build their businesses, about marketing, about some of the stuff that we've talked about. Um, and now I'm also working on a third business, which this is, I really don't recommend this, honestly, like pick one customer mm -hmm. that you want to get a result for, figure out that result is, and just, mm -hmm. just work on that one thing that's hard enough. Um, but that's kind of where things have taken me where now I'm also working on something that's for an, for an audience of entrepreneurs and, and marketers in general, not, not spe so specifically music. Um, so that's kind of the next thing that I'm, that I'm working on. And so I'm excited to at least, at least like dip my toe into that world and see how it goes. So yeah, that's the next thing that I've got going is uh, creating a, a training and a course that's kind of all around this, this, this whole sort of viral giveaway concept. And uh, I'm going to, come out with that training hopefully pretty soon so that's that's kind of the next thing that i got coming up would that be still under the legion beats umbrella that i think or? would be a new thing i think it'll yeah. be kind of it all kind of relates but it would be more of just like gabe schillinger entrepreneur Boss. marketer guy um yeah. so it'll be it would be a third you know a, a different one because it's not so specific to music mm -hmm. it would be for anybody who's building their business and it can certainly include music but mm -hmm. um that's something I've wanted to try for a while. So I'm excited to at least, to at least test it out. And, you know, I won't know until I try it if it's something that I actually want to put a ton of focus into or not. Yeah, no, that's, it's cool to hear about that. So what are some common mistakes with all the success you've had? What are some common mistakes that you see new artists make um, going into the business? Is there anything that you see often? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'd say one thing is, um, Looking at social media, I think that a lot of artists, musicians, producers um, are aiming towards the wrong goal where they might see somebody who's got a certain level of success and they see, oh, this person has a bunch of followers or they're getting a bunch of subscribers or, you know, they have the likes or the comments or whatever. And um, the truth is that's the, kind of the wrong thing to be pursuing. And while, yes, it makes sense. Like if that's where your audience is hanging out, like then go find them there. If they're on Instagram, great, go find them there. Like that, that's where you're going to get them. Um, or that's where you're going to like connect with them initially, but don't get confused that the amount of followers you have on Instagram has any real meaning beyond that. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you can't, you can't pay for your rent and followers. You can't, you know, having followers doesn't even necessarily mean that they're listening to your music or that they're, they're truly a fan of yours. Right. So one, one small piece of this is or really one very big piece of this i should say is that knowing that to me the really the purpose of social media is to create that connection and then take them off of that platform and onto my platform right so when you are when you have a bunch of followers on instagram you can make a post and right now you know you get some organic engagement meaning you post that up some percentage of the people who follow you are going to see it if it gets a decent amount of engagement a few more will see it as well right um, and that's how the platform works right now. But they could easily switch that up tomorrow to where you get almost no organic engagement. And it's all pay to play. It's exactly what they did with Facebook, right? If you had a Facebook fan page five years ago and you had, you know, 10,000 followers on Facebook, you'd post something in like, I don't know, you know, 5,000 people would see it and be like, oh, this is awesome. Let me put my time, my energy, my focus, my money, all my resources into building up my Facebook page. Mm -hmm. But guess what? If you did that, 
you'd know today, you post something on your Facebook page, you get, you know, three people see it. You could have 50,000 followers like on there. Your mom and grandma. Um, and it's, what's that? It's like your mom, grandma, and then like. Yeah, it's, there's, no, there's no organic <laughs> reach anymore, right? They changed the rules of that platform because guess what? You don't own that traffic, right? Mark Zuckerberg owns that traffic. And so they changed their business model, right? They have enough, they had enough users on Facebook to now it's a pay to play model. And like, great, learn how to do that because it's a great pay to play platform. Like, you know, probably the best in the world. But the point is, if you'd spent all that time building those followers, now all of a sudden that's worthless, right? So what you need to do is, use that, leverage that to take them off of that platform onto yours. And really the best way to do that is by getting their email address or maybe their phone number. Because now you can actually have that one-to-one -one relationship. It doesn't matter if Facebook changes the rules. It doesn't matter if Instagram changes the rules or YouTube changes the rules about, you know, how many people you can reach. You have that one-to-one -one relationship. So now it doesn't matter. Like they could change the rules tomorrow. You can still email that person. You can take, you own that email address. You can take that wherever you want to go. You could send it from your Gmail. You can send it from wherever, right? It's not, you know, if I have followers on, on Instagram, Mark Zuckerberg owns that. If I have subscribers on YouTube, you know, Larry and Sergey, the dudes who run Google, that's their traffic. I'm just borrowing it from them. But mm -hmm. if I can leverage that into like, hey, let me give you this free thing in exchange for your email address, then now I can start growing that list and I can build that one-to-one -one relationship to where now I actually own that traffic. And that's such an important step um, that I think a lot of artists are missing is grow that list. And that's where you'll actually be able to really create that one-to-one -one relationship and eventually be able to turn that into, you know, making a living from what you love because you have that connection. You can talk to those fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. And we've had other guests even say it's all about relationships. Like, most people just want fans and all those things, but the relationships that you make with them, that's why certain artists make some good money because they've built relationships with their audience. And it's not just about the clicks and but it's actually the engagement, the interaction that you have with them. And they, you make them aware that, Hey, I see you. You're a real yeah, person. Sure. You know? Super um, important. Yeah. So we've come to the part of the show we're calling it the mixer lightning round questions oh. still working on the name so if I like you have a, yeah <laughs> all right so we're just gonna ask you a few questions boom boom lightning fast okay so what was your first car first car was a 1983 nissan sentra hatchback the uh the hatchback was falling off so i literally had to <laughs> duct tape it on to keep it on there nice how long did you have that car a few years i'd say probably like yeah three years something like that yeah it was uh yeah like sophomore year through you know a little bit of college <laughs> so did you use like duct tape or what i literally used duct tape to keep <laughs> the background yes i absolutely did nice um an instrument you wish you could play i would say guitar i think guitar is so it's versatile and it's got such a cool sound that mm -hmm. that would be uh that would be cool to be able to play mm -hmm. do you play any instruments right now I mean, I can fake it. You know, I can play keys a little bit. Uh -huh. I can play, you know, drums a little bit. Uh -huh. um, but, you know, when I work with like people who have actually devoted a ton of time to their instruments, then I feel like I can't really call myself a musician in the true, you know, in the truest sense. But, you know, I can fake it. I can, yeah. I can play a little bit. Just bring your tambourine out and help yeah. out. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. What's a superpower that you wish you had? Ooh, uh, I guess the I guess the obvious one is flying. I think that'd be pretty fun. Uh, let's go with flying. Yeah. Okay, like flying, just like 
can you like outer space flying type of thing or like Ooh, keep it local? I like that. Earth? Yeah, why not? Let's go to outer space. I guess I got to figure out how to breathe, but maybe that's part of the superpower. <laughs> yeah, I think it'd be great. Get away from it all, you know, just, just fly. Yeah, I don't have to worry air. about transportation. Actually, I'd save a bunch of money. I don't have to worry about, you know, a car or anything. Yeah, exactly. Fine. So if you could have a song play, you mentioned earlier, you know, that soundtrack of life. Mm-hmm. What if you could have a song play every time you entered a room? Like, what would that song be? Oh, man. Jeez. I'm trying to think of something. What would be a good one? Um, this is so corny, but I'm, I'm going to go with the, uh, the T-Pain song, All I Do Is Win. <laughs> just, get, just get hyped. Just get excited. Yeah, people are like, oh, man, Gabe is coming. <laughs> what is a secret talent that not many people know about? Um, well, you're talking about, you know, do I play an instrument, whatever. This is one that's like, it's not an instrument really. I mean, it is, but I really like to finger drum. So like if I have like some drum pads, like an MPC or something, oh, I can yeah? actually get down. I'm actually pretty decent. Um, nice. there's some people who are incredible, like, you know, go, go on YouTube or Instagram and search for finger drumming, but, uh, mm-hmm. I'm not bad. I'm actually pretty decent. Yeah. I need to get into that. Cause I, I've always done it. Like in middle school I had, um, I would have even my two pencils and I would be and have competitions with other people, but then also do like finger things. So yeah, man, yeah I mean, that's fun. a good, that's a good talent. Uh, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Ooh, that I've ever received. Um, I'm going to go with this. It's not so much advice. It was more of a, a way of, you know, doing something. And that I learned by example, which is the first recording studio that I worked at. It's called Tarpan Studios. Um, that's here in San Rafael. It's owned by a guy named Narda Michael Walden, who's actually, you know, very, uh, he's done a lot. He's, he's won multiple Grammys. Um, he's, uh, yeah, just incredible producer. And, uh, I remember working over there and the engineer there, a dude named Jim Reitzel was the first guy who really taught me about engineering, about how to use Pro Tools, about how to use all the gear there, the console, the mics, how to set everything up. And I remember I was like, it almost felt weird. Like this guy is basically teaching me how to take his job, like literally. Right. But I always kept that with me of like, just pay it forward. Whenever I, whenever I learned something in music, whenever I, um, you know, got to whatever that next step was, I always wanted to bring people with me. Cause that was sort of like my introduction to this whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel really grateful that so many people that I've worked with since then have that same mindset. And maybe at this point it's that, I don't know, we, we kind of find each other, but, um, instead of thinking like, Oh, I, for me to be successful, I need to step on somebody or I need to like, you know, bring somebody else down to bring myself up. It's like, no, it's the opposite. Let me do my best to bring other people up and, and we can all get better and better together. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. What is the worst piece of advice you've ever received? <laughs> worst piece of advice I ever received. Um, man, let me think. I think I've, <laughs> maybe I just mostly ignore it. Um, <laughs> I, I will say being a producer who sells beats online, um, there's a lot of bad information out there and a lot of people teach this, the same, you know, kind of outdated business model. So I think that was probably the worst advice I got was just like, oh, just post beats on YouTube every day and have a link to your beat store. And that's all you need to do, uh, which, uh, which, is, which doesn't really work. So that was, mm. that was some bad advice I got. Wow. That, yeah, it's crazy that there's probably like one person that's been doing this for 20 years and they've made some kind of living and they're like, Hey, follow my thing. And there's always that other path like you took. And so, I mean, that's really cool. Um, and one last question, how can I be praying for you? Man, um, as far as, well, I guess just staying safe and healthy. I think that's probably the, the theme of this year is, is, uh, just staying safe and healthy. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, that's really good. I'll just pray for you real quick and then I'll just let you go. Uh, Dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for just Gabe's friendship and just getting to talk to him. I pray that you do great things through him and what he's, what you've gifted him with. Uh, I pray that you just keep him safe, healthy, and I pray that he just able to do um, just everything that you've given him the talents to do. And we pray all these things in Jesus name. Amen. And so is there anything, so if people wanted to reach you, uh, what would be the best way to, to get with you? Probably best way is Instagram at Legion Gabe. Uh, hit me up there. That's, that's really the social media platform I spend the most time on these days. So yeah, Legion Gabe, Instagram. Legion Gabe on Instagram. Cool. Thank you so much for coming, Gabe. Hopefully we'll have you back and then we'll talk more about your new business. And it's been really great to see just the whole process of the man you've become. And just, I'm glad you were able to step away from the old self that, you know, you were going down that path. And so, yeah, thank you so much for coming in. Awesome. We'll, hey, we'll I really appreciate it. Soon. It's been fun. Thanks, man. Of course. We'll talk to you soon. Hold up. If you gained some great value, make sure to rate, review, and share with someone you care about. As a thank you, I'll be doing a giveaway for $100 and or a free 45-minute music career coaching call with me. So if that sounds like something you like, take a screenshot of your review and tag us on your social media post to be entered into the drawing. We'll be doing this every month, so see you soon. Now back to the jam.